Welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. My name is Terry and my neighbor's kid is running around their apartment, so I hope you can't hear them yelling and stomping in this intro. This chat is with studio owner and stop motion animator Kyla Atlas, who shares how she got into stop motion, co-founded her studio See You on the Moon, and worked on Ultra City Smiths earlier this year. Now, besides all these cool facts, some even cooler facts are that she's a youngest child, prefers corn chips to potato chips, and is very good at euchre, but very bad at frisbee. Also, surprise, I'm not the only one interviewing Kyla in this episode. I got my good friend and former Ultra City Smiths colleague, Nicole Hondrick, to join me too. Now, like I just said, Nicole also worked at Stupid Buddies with me earlier this year. And right now, she's currently developing a kid's show as we speak, and she is an oldest child. Now, before we dive into this episode, it is sponsored by my good friends at Hue makers of colorful, affordable USB cameras and animation software for creative teaching, work, and play. Available from HueHD.com and Amazon, the new Hue HD Pro camera features 1080p image and video resolution, a built-in microphone, and LED lights. Hue's funky, flexible plug-and-play cameras are easy to use, and they are compatible with any apps that recognize USB cameras, including Discord, Dragon Frame Stop Motion Software, OBS, Twitch, Google Meet, Zoom, and many more. In fact, if you go to YouTube and watch my interview with Kyla and Nicole right now, I'm actually using a Hue HD camera as my webcam, so you can see what it's like firsthand there. Now, visit HueHD.com for more information and follow at HueCameras on Instagram or Twitter for news, freebies, and giveaways. I've included all these links in the description of the chat, so please go check them out because they have been amazing supporters of this podcast over the years. So now, without further ado, let's jump in. Hello, 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 Kyla. How are you? And Nicole, how are you both doing? Hello. Uh, I'll go first. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Hey. Nicole, why are you here? <laughs> Tell me why you're here. Yeah, well, first of all, I'm also good. I'm also doing oh. quite well. Uh, and I'm here to also ask Kyla some questions. Why, though? Why? Why is this like? <laughs> I'm really nosy. Yeah. Really... I was like, I'm going to interview Kyla. I was talking to you about this. And you're like, oh, can I interview her too? <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. That's exactly, yeah, that's exactly how it went. So, so we are flattered. So, are. so why don't you, why don't, Kyla? Why don't you just like, what are you? Why are you here? Why are we talking? Give me like the little bit of a lowdown on who you are. <laughs> oh God, I'm Kyla. I do really—that's <laughs> a hard question to answer. Uh, I'm a person. Okay, <laughs> but like, okay, so we we just worked on a production together at Stupid Buddy, where we—that's we, true. Yeah, we were both animators in Ultra City Smith, and I wanted to like. You know, and you also own your own business on the side, stop motion based business. So I wanted to chat about that. Um, so we're going to chat about it. But also, Nicole, you were working on the production with us, too. And now we're all here. Look at us. Yeah, we're yeah. Just, Look yeah. at us. Just a oldest child, middle child and youngest child. Yeah, we, oh, we should not say who's who. And oh, yeah. And can like guess. And then we'll reveal at the very end. Mm. Yeah, that we're all related. <laughs> all right. If you're listening, one of us is an oldest child, one of us is a middle child, and one of us is the youngest child. And at the end, we will di divulge. Is that the yeah, right word? What sure. who we are? And hopefully, if you listen to this whole thing, you'll get it right, I guess. Okay, but Kyla, like um, you know, before you were working on Ultra City Smiths uh, with the two of us and you were, you know, your co-owner of this business, like what if, you know, a relative at a family picnic walks up to you and they're like, oh, what do you do for work? Like, what do you say? Now I will say 
that I'm a stop motion animator, which is a great answer because most of the time it comes with zero follow-up questions because people don't really know what that is. Like, oh, that's nice. And then they'll move on. Um, but it took me a really long time to get there. For so long, I did not know how to answer that question because I sort of felt like a fraud because I didn't go to school for this or anything. So uh, it's hard to, I don't know. It just took a long time. It took a long time to get to the point where I was confident saying, I am a stop motion animator, but I'm here now. Are you going to continue saying that, do you think, now? Or like, now that you've, yeah? Yeah, definitely, yeah. And why, I mean, didn't, why didn't you feel confident saying that before? Because you were stop motion animating. Yes. Um, I think it just, it was such a gradual incline to get to the point where I was working on this show that uh, really it was just a, such a learning curve the whole time leading up to this, really leading up to the training before the show um, that I don't know, I just didn't ever feel like I was really doing it right. Even maybe I was, but I, I, I'm also a terrible salesperson for myself, which you will learn throughout this interview. So that's certainly a part of it. So did working on this show kind of give you more confidence in? in Absolutely. Like, yeah. So, okay, let's dial things back a bit. Where did things begin for you? Because you said there was a big learning curve and, you know, like to get to this point. So where, like, take me back to when you decided you wanted to do animation or just a creativity with your life professionally. Cause that's a big, that's like a really big, you know, decision to be like, I'm not going to work at office business job or I don't know, like mechanic, I'm going to be a stop motion animator. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, it began, I don't know, maybe 10, 10 ish years ago. I had a, my good friend of the time, who's now my good friend and business partner, um, Jess, we, on weekends, we just, we always did these pretty silly photo shoots. I don't know anything somewhat creative we could get our hands on, like putting gemstones all of our faces and taking photos of each other or very silly makeup. I don't know, dressing up, whatever, any of these things. Um, and then, I mean, I guess sort of side story. When I was little, my oldest brother, he made a little clay man named Bill. And then he would make stop motion videos with him using a camcorder and would blow him up with firecrackers. He put firecrackers inside him, I think. And uh, so I remember on one of the weekends that Jess and I were just playing around, I remembered this Bill character. And then we made our own little complete copycat little clay guy named Gene and um, made kind of like Monty Python, the foot squashing things. We uh, made this wooden mallard fall out of the sky and squish him and kill him. Oh, wow. And, uh, <laughs> we were just so thrilled by the playback of that. Like, I mean, if any of you remember your very first stop motion that you shot, the oh, first yeah. time watching it through is like a magical experience. You're like, oh, it's moving. And I made that. And I also feel like most people's first stop motion, the thing dies and like gets squished or something. <laughs> yeah, it's a great, easy ending. And then it's over. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. Death. <laughs> um, anyway, so we were so happy with that, that we just weekends to come. I don't really know the timeline of that, but uh, we made another one where Gene rebuilt Gene. He was murdered again by this wooden mallard. Um, and again and again, there are several episodes of our, of our Gene. 
Um, and then we had a friend who had their, who had their own uh, hair accessories company. We asked her if she could, or if we could make a few videos for her company. They were really fun. They worked out really well. Oh, nice. So wait, this is, so you're, this is with your friend Jess and this yeah. is like photo shoot time. And you were like, maybe we should try to turn this into somewhat of a business. Like we're doing this for fun and we think we could do this for other people. Like, why did you Not ask? Not really yet. I don't really know yeah. how. Um... Like you just thought it'd be fun to shoot this video? Like. Yeah. Yeah. We just, she has, I mean, it was very colorful, the things she was making. And we thought that they would we, I think we just wanted to expand beyond trying to work with plasticine. Um, I don't tell, I don't really remember why we asked her, but for whatever reason we did, but I don't think, I think it was still completely in our minds as this is a hobby. I don't think it was ever, we ever intended to do this for a living at that point. Um, because we had full-time jobs and for so long, for several years, we had full-time jobs and we're doing stop motion on the side or on weekends or evenings. Um, but then after we worked with her, we were just really fortunate to have some friends who were in marketing and one of our friends trusted us enough to give us a real job with a real, with not, I mean, with a pretty legitimate client. And, uh, it was terrifying because <laughs> I mean, truly we had taught ourselves everything and with every little video we shot had learned so much, like. I'm kind of backtracking here, but starting at the beginning with our first gene, it was a camera that we had taped to a, a knife block. The angle was bad. So we like cut a potato in half and shoved it in between the camera and the knife block and re-taped it. We were pressing the, um, capturing the images on the phone. So it was awful. And every, every single project we learned so much. Like I, that's what I mean by the learning curve. It was like, oh, okay, we can get a remote from somebody else's phone take the pictures from their phone and that will make the video smoother. Every, so, so much learning. You have like a whole tripod made of potatoes now. Like you figured out yeah. that if you use more than one potato, you can get a big, better angle. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We've stuck through potatoes. Actually, I'm from Alliston, Ontario, which uh, has an annual potato festival. Oh, so. it's perfect. Oh, <laughs> me, I love potatoes. <laughs> Okay. So, so you got your first client, this it, like kind of just fell into your lap almost. And then what you're like, we just made some money maybe, and maybe we should yeah. quit our jobs and pursue this forever. Not quit our jobs, but no. maybe we should keep trying to do this and maybe we'll get, we'll get some more of these. So, so that's just how it grew. I mean, I, eventually after we had several more jobs, we went to part-time full-time jobs and doing this which was a huge step and very exciting for us what were you what were you doing in your full-time and then part-time job I'm just curious if you don't mind sharing yeah Jess was working at an advertising agency and I was working for my dad's roofing company which I still worked at (laughs) doing administrative work for him um so very different very different jobs which was kind of nice it's nice to have a very a creative have creative work and then also I mean, administrative work is a whole different situation. Like a very, di- I don't know. It's a, it's a different day. It's like a math mindset kind of. Was there a point where you, um, so you haven't ever done full-time like animation up until recently then? Like See You on the mm-hmm. Moon, was that always kind of a part-time on the side thing? It was part-time until, I mean, when we, 
when we got projects that we needed to work full-time, both of our part-time jobs were the nicest jobs to have because it's just uh, so much leniency. We could put those on hold and work full-time if we needed to, if there was a project that demanded that. Um, but yeah, pretty much, pretty much part-time up until doing the full-time training to then work on, on Ultra City. So how did, so Nicole, do you want to jump in and are there any pressing questions you have? <laughs> well, like there were a few that I had that kind of relate to some of the stuff that you were already talking about. Like, can you speak a bit to um, imposter syndrome? And like, do you still feel that? And mm. when you were saying, hey, I can finally call myself a stop motion animator, like what was it in you that made you think, okay, it's okay for me to declare that now? Hmm. Um, I think that was other people actually telling me to like stop other friends if they were around and anybody asked me that question. They're like, no, you just have to call yourself that and how. It was uh, advice from others to be more confident, I guess, in what I'm doing. So then, like, no, go ahead. I was going to say, do you feel that internally, though? Like, do you feel internally you are a stop motion animator? Or is that is that an answer you're giving to a question that you don't know how to answer? Because there are times, like, I only started calling myself an animator very recently as well, like halfway through Ultra City Smiths which I was working on for various reasons as well because before I was in school and I was like well I'm only in school so I'm not an animator and then I went through this whole like identity crisis where I was like is is like I want to do all these things with my life but am I an animator only and if I start calling myself that do I just become that I don't know so for you like like how was that internal or an external thing or definitely Ultra City helped that for sure because I mean I can see from what I shot at the beginning to what I shot at the end. I just, I became so much better. It's so easy to see the progress. Um, And working with, I mean, it's a totally different thing when you're working on your own very small in in a tiny little company where you're doing all of the pieces. It's hard to say I'm an animator, even applying for the job. I honestly didn't know what to apply for because Jess and I have done everything. We make all the, puppets are sets and then we set up the lighting we we do the whole we do our own editing most of the time which we shouldn't do um we just we did all of the jobs so this is the first time I had a focused job where I got to get better at one thing and that completely made me feel like okay now I'm an animator so exactly the same as you it was during Ultra City for sure do you think if you instead got a job in puppet fabrication or in lighting or something, you would be like, oh, I'm a puppet fabricator instead? Probably. <laughs> I mean, I think I would. I, I also think I, I didn't know the language before this. Like I thought that I was like, I just work at a stop motion animation company, but I didn't know. I didn't know the separate jobs. Um, but yeah, I guess so. I guess I would, I don't know. Yeah, that's an interesting question. <laughs> would you, if you, can I ask you that question? I don't know. I, I, I feel like I connect internally with animator. Mm. Um, oh, I forgot that I need a pro account to be more than 40 minutes. Ooh. Dang it. Can we just restart um, 
We can restart, After? but it only yeah. give us another 40 minutes. So mm -hmm. we might have to do that, or I will just go and quickly upgrade. <laughs> so bear with me. <laughs> oh, dang it. I forgot about Zoom's rules. Um, okay, just give me a moment. Everyone every once in a while? Sorry? Every once in a while, like if you wait for it to time out, they'll be like, here's a gift. Really? Yeah, and then they just give mm. it to you. So we could just chance it and see. Yeah, wait for that precious gift. Yeah. Okay, sure. Um, I don't know, but like, it's possible. <laughs> or if it ends, we'll never speak again. That's it. <laughs> um, uh i was going to how oh, you asked me um if i was a fabricator i think internally i connect with animator i think if i was like a puppet fabricator i might say that but it would feel temporary i guess like i i would still seek out and think of myself in animation versus like a lighting or sets person, even though I, I love, I have to do that stuff too for my own things at home. Like mm -hmm. I'm just like you, like doing all areas. Um, sorry, Nicole, did you have something to ask? Yeah, I mean, sure. Like when, when you were first starting to do all this stuff and I, I guess maybe some of this is answered through you just sharing a love of something with Jess who I also know, and hello, Jess, if you were listening. <laughs> um, but like, how did you foster a belief in yourself in the beginning? Like what motivated you without having kind of any evidence to speak to? Do you know what I mean? Like, to yeah. go, yeah, I, think I can do this. Even though I haven't done this yet, I think I can do this anyway, and I'm going to do it. What pushed right. yourself to do that? Um, I think a lot of it had to do with that we were a pair. Yeah. We, it, it's a lot easier to... To, to do something, it's scarier to do something alone. Right. We were a two doing this together. So anything we did together, if we were, I don't know, pitching on a job, we did it together and we were terrified, but we were terrified together. So yeah, um, yeah that helped a ton. I don't know if either of us would have done this if we didn't have the other person. For sure. Uh, do you guys like motivate each other? Like if she's having her doubts, do you then give her comfort and then vice versa? I would like to think so. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, we are still friends and we're still working together and it's still going very well. So, I mean, I think that I can't think of any examples of that, but I mean, I feel like that would have to happen naturally if uh, to maintain something for this amount of time. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, what is the, uh, I'm just curious about See You on the Moon, like how many projects, How I guess how long has See You on the Moon been around for and how many projects are you doing in like a year? Because I'm just, I just want to have some like background to, to like, you know, you just worked full time on a production and I'm just wondering like you even felt unconfident in what to apply for, I guess? Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I guess a quick note on that, that it, Animator was, definitely the right choice if I had applied for I mean seeing what the puppet fabricators do when I went into their room like oh no I don't know how to use any of these things we're just making very different puppets so this was the right call um I don't remember your question um, how how when when does when did you incorporate or start see you on the moon like how long has it been around for I think I've mentioned this before, but I'm very bad at timelines. I'm going to guess 
six years. Okay. Okay. So quite established though. And like, how many I projects are you, are you doing? Like, I'm just wondering, like, are you trying mm-hmm. to turn see you on the moon into a full-time thing and like, you know, quit your part-time jobs and then do this full-time or like how many projects a year are you seeking out? Yeah, we would, we would love for that to happen. Um, we, oh, it's so hard to say because I mean, I guess just how marketing schedules work. We work with a lot of very, um, not very small, but we work with a lot of smaller Canadian companies and we tend to get work all at one time. If we get one job, then the next day we hear from another one and another one after that. So it's all at one time and then we have a lull and that just seems to be the way it works for the whole year. Um, And I assume that's because of, I don't know, marketing has different seasons. There's like Christmas and then Super Bowl and then and then Mm -hmm. summer and then Thanksgiving and Christmas all over again. And even if they're not geared to any holiday, that just seems to happen for us, which is not, I mean, it's not always. So how are you finding these companies in the first place? Are you actively reaching out to small Canadian businesses and being like, hey guys, we're a creative agency. Here's some of our work. Um, We can work for you. Like, how are you like, because, you know, finding clients as a small business or just starting up is like one of the hardest things to do. For sure. Yeah, that's how we, that's what we were doing for a long time. It's just cold call, not actually calling, cold emailing for, I mean, huge laundry lists of companies that we would just research any kind of company that we liked, put it in the list and then go through them, email, 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 um, which is awful. That's a, it's a, it's a horrible, it's a horrible part of the job, um, but very necessary. And now we have, I mean, we'd email 20 companies and one would get back to us and then maybe that would turn into work. And then if they liked what we did or we worked well together, then we'd get more. So now, I mean, very, we're super fortunate to have worked with a few um, incredible companies that have referred us to other incredible small Canadian companies. So that's how we've been getting work lately or just recurring clients. Nice. Um, Do you have like a, do you and Jess have a dream for what you want see you on the moon to be overall? Like the type of projects you want, like, do you want to go into series work or is advertising your thing or like, do you want to grow the business and hire people like yeah that's a tough one I mean we've talked about all of that a lot and we would definitely like to grow the business and gain other people because I mean as simple as we're not great at every aspect of the job like we've learned on Ultra City there are people who are professionals at each part of their job so we would love to be able to have have those people along like a lighting person an editor uh, you know just a variety of people also it makes your work better when you are more diverse as a company um but uh yeah what we want to be is a really it's a tough it's a tough question we uh advertising in its nature is uh questionable morally (laughs) ethically (laughs) um so we struggle with that sometimes, but at the same time, it is, we're working with, really we're working with some wonderful companies who have some, their own incredible like initiatives that we're happy to promote and happy to work yeah. for them and we love them. So we're trying our very best to work for the companies that we feel good about. And That's that cool. helps That's a cool. lot, yeah. 
and being smaller, you can probably, you know, if it comes down to it, you can kind of pick and choose versus like, I'm assuming you don't have a warehouse where you have to keep the lights on and, you know, payroll and stuff that you have to take tons of projects to keep going. <laughs> For sure. Most of the time I was just working in the room. Well, all during. But do you, you do everything from your apartment or do you have a little studio space? We have a studio space. Yeah. Oh, cute. A, mm, it's a very tiny little room. It works well for us. Like you just, rent it out? Mm-hmm. Where, how do you find a small, tiny studio space that you can rent? Like uh, we, my brother, my brother also works for my dad's roofing company and he rents a space downtown and there's mm. a very strange little offshoot room. You go through his office to get to this little room. And he was, he's like, no one's going to rent this little space. It's very weird. It's long and <laughs> there's a staircase in it. Anyway, we went, we'll take it. So it's, uh, it is cost effective <laughs> and, and it's just one of us in there at a time. It's a perfect little spot. Also, there's a art store right next door. It's at Bloor oh. and Bathurst. So it's like, oh, perfect. What the heck? <laughs> incredible location. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I live very close to your studio. Oh, come by. Okay. <laughs> so can you just like, you just, you rent it for the whole year? You just like have a job, you pick it up, then you stop renting it like you rent? We rent it for the year. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. They give us a, a killer deal. So it's okay. Um, Nicole, did you have anything that you wanted to add? I did. I don't know if this is too hard hitting of a question. Am I loud enough? Yeah. Hello? Go Hi. for it. Okay. <laughs> Also, sorry about the lighting. Like, this is the only light that I have, and I still look like I'm in a cave of some kind. But you look, you look great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for you to say. <laughs> I was wondering if you'd ever run into any kind of like overt ethical dilemmas in terms of working with different companies and advertising for their stuff that you didn't morally agree with. Has that ever come up? Um. I mean, not with the content, but certainly we had a, yeah, I don't know if I should. <laughs> yeah, I don't know whether you want to. Do what you feel comfortable with. You know, but, it's not, you know. <laughs> I am curious. You can discreetly describe if there we was were, Well, there was a company that we worked for that was, it's a huge, <laughs> a huge company. Okay. Um, but we were, it was so, it was right when we were starting out and it was, it was actually the, the first time we had ever been invited to a space to be stop motion animators, which we had never done with a production crew to work on a commercial that we uh, legitimately had no idea what we were getting into. <laughs> but um, yeah, questioned that a lot. And then I think in the end, we're just very happy to have the experience, but also once we were doing this more, I realized these are not the kinds of companies that we that we wanted to work for. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. That was very vague. That's fine though. That's <laughs> that's like a good learning experience, especially because like uh, like I said before, you kind of have some of the power to do that being smaller, where you're not, you know, committed to like keeping the lights on where you need to take jobs all the time. Uh, yeah. Also yeah, I don't know. That's a maybe we should be taking anything we can get, but we're just I think just 
I think trying to keep, trying to move the company in a direction and that is proving beneficial for us because then other, the companies that we love are, I think seeing that and then telling other companies that they love and that's working in our favor. Whereas if I think if we just worked for, I don't know, I don't really know if that's true. Also, maybe we just can't get the big companies. So I don't know. <laughs> no. I don't know. I think just like with the entertainment industry in general too, there's often moral dilemmas that are presented. Like mm-hmm. I know when I was doing acting, sometimes my agent would be like, hey, go out for this audition for this company. And I would say, yeah. I'm not going to do that because of what they represent. Mm-hmm. But also you do have that mentality of, hey, I need to take everything that I can get because who am I to turn things down at this point? Right. But- and like, And also if you turn it down, then somebody else is just going to take it. Whereas like, <laughs> you have the moral values where taking it, you could do some, turn it into something good somehow, I guess. I don't know what I'm saying, but like, does that make any sense? <laughs> yeah, it's a complicated question. I don't know what I was just saying either. So it's a, oh, yeah, it's sorry. A, I'll never be on this podcast again. Sorry, you guys. <laughs> Nicole, what have you done? We're not friends anymore. Oh no. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's a challenge. We, definitely struggle with it. And I mean, us being small, I think that attracts other small companies because we're nimble and (laughs) we are not, we're not as expensive as working with an agency. That's just it. So we can work with these little companies. So I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say what, what large companies we would turn down because those ones are working through agencies, not through people like us. Yeah. Do you think also that by choosing or trying to choose companies that you have values aligned with, you would do better work and more creative stuff for them anyways, because you're more excited to work with them. Definitely. Because there's also not this enormous hierarchy of people that you have to work through to get your creative ideas through this ladder, you know, of um, approvals. So have you you considered working with an agency, like partnering with a couple agencies and being like, Hey, here's our work. If you ever need stop motion or, type multimedia types of mm-hmm. projects like you're aware your guys definitely yeah when we were um, cold emailing a million people there were agencies and straight to businesses yeah uh, and sometimes we work with agencies and we have a few that we a few people that we work with that are lovely and and also we've learned lessons through a few people that weren't lovely that we realized we don't want to work with that company again so it's uh yeah i mean lessons with uh animating itself like how to improve animating through each every single project we do but also with running a business huge lessons that we get burned and then we add a line into our quoting that will prevent us from being burned the next time I don't know tons of really uh yeah it's you don't do you have a mentor through any of this like you know running a business for the first time is and like figuring all this out for yourself is really tough like what you just said, I think is a really great learning. You know, you're burned and you added a line in the budget or whatever for next time. So you won't be burned. Like that's really important. Yeah. Um, I mean, my dad is a small business owner, so I've asked him mm. a ton of questions as well. I mean, we, before I knew Evan, I, we, he actually, Evan went to high school and maybe grade school with Jess. So he has been our contact for some time. Oh. Um, so yeah, we, I mean, we met up with 
for coffee with him a few times before, well before any of the Ultra City stuff happened, um, just to ask him a variety of questions on how to, I don't even know, yeah. How so, to run a well, that was one of my big questions. Like, how do you, you know, you're, you're um, two women running a business in Toronto and like Bathurst and Bloor, and then like, you know, the biggest stop motion production that's happened in Canada and years comes to Toronto. Like, how do you find out about it and then get hired at this place? But it sounds like, you, I mean, Evan, who is like animation supervisor and you had <laughs> like a direct yes. connection with him. So I'm assuming yes. it was through him. <laughs> direct nepotism. He was like, hey guys, <laughs> is that what happened? Uh, yeah, he emailed us. Um, and I mean, I think he was emailing Jess because I, do, I don't really know him. I think he emailed Jess directly and uh, mentioned the project, asked if we would be interested. We had a call with him. We each applied for, Jess applied as a producer. I had applied as an animator. And uh, I think because I applied as an animator, he mentioned that he was doing, he was about to run this stop motion boot camp, training boot camp for a few people. And I really snuck my way into that <laughs> yeah so you you, I emailed... <laughs> you heard about this opportunity and you're like i really want i really want to do this this is like perfect great for me i'm gonna quit my job to take on this opportunity yeah yeah i mean honestly i'm just the luckiest person to have this part-time job with my family that i can be like yeah you're like hey, hey dad, dad. <laughs> yeah daddy can i take a break from <laughs> um no he's just a but that could go the opposite way too. He could be like, no, like family first, like you're my administrative person. For like, sure, for sure. And, you no, have to just quit, a... and then you have to quit on your father and like, <laughs> now you're not speaking anymore. Break up the family. Like... Yeah. No, he's a, he's a great boss. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, so um, where are we going? <laughs> so, so I asked you like, how did you end up finding out about this production? So Evan emailed yes. Jess. And you guys applied as different things. You applied as an animator. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, hey, FYI, we're doing a little, like, I think it was six weeks. Was it six weeks? Intensive. It was five weeks. And it was at nine to five, Monday to Friday boot camp yeah. that he was putting on. And um, I emailed him back a little while later to be like, what the, is this still happening? And I guess I got super lucky because I was not a part of the original six people that were <laughs> invited to be in that. He said somebody couldn't make it. So I had emailed at the right time to oh, wow. hop into the class. Um, and it was, I mean, very dramatic to say a life changer, but it was huge. Wow. It was huge for me. It was amazing. Every day I was there, I was so excited because I learned a crazy amount during this class. Like, what did it feel like to, cause you know, you've been, you know, you're in men on the side, then stop motion on the side, but doing everything, you know, puppet fabrication, lighting, et cetera. And now you're just going in working eight hours with like four, five other, I forget how many you said people just animating every single day, like just in mm. the trenches. And it was the best thing. I loved it. I really loved it. it so was what bad. did it feel like? What's going through your mind the whole time mm. while you're, you're animating? Um, I don't know, just really nerdy. Like I'm learning so much because <laughs> uh, I did. I learned so much stuff. I mean, Jess and I had never um, shot. We didn't know what shooting on. <laughs> embarrassing. We didn't know what shooting on like ones and twos meant. Oh, that's we fine. Just, we would shoot every movement and then we would edit those like uh, elongate a frame to be yeah. the amount of time that we wanted it to be. I didn't know how to 
shoot <laughs> with the right, with intentional timing. Um, as simple as that, and then also just like really as simple as uh, Evan taught how to ease. I didn't know about how to ease properly, and I mean he's just the best teacher too. So it's a it was a. So you like went to and because like. I feel the same way. Like I didn't know what easing or on ones or twos or whatever before I started going to animation school. Like how I used to animate is exactly the same way. I just take all the frames I wanted, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, "Oh, I want this part to be quick," and then a hold and whatever. And I would just like do it on Adobe by like dragging out the frames. And yeah. I maybe took like fifteen frames for like thirty seconds versus <laughs> like, no, I'm taking every single frame now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so like other than you know learning some of the technical stuffs stuff from that boot camp. what uh, it sounds like you gained a lot of confidence but like what did you learn that you took forward with you till now too like you know you've been through that boot camp you've been through you know working on a production for six months intensively now the show's aired and you're back to business as usual like you know it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like a roller coaster journey I guess okay. overall like what have you taken from the whole experience back to your life or business or friendships um, with people I don't know oh I mean amazing friendships and just uh, hey. Hey. <laughs> uh yeah no like I I mean it, I think it's pretty r- rare I mean I had been working from home I mean on the friendship this is a friendship conversation huh um I have been working from home for so long and had my core group of friends and they're incredible but there was no opportunity had no opportunity to meet new people really like I don't take a lot of classes at, or I don't know how people make new friends but it's hard to make new friends when you're an adult um so that was amazing like I haven't had new I hadn't had a job at a, at a place that I had to go to for so long the way Jess and I work most of the time it's uh it's like it's virtual or it's not even that a lot of the time we don't even see the people we're working with it's all through email so impossible to make new friends <laughs> through email um no it's not but... no it's not but <laughs> difficult difficult yeah. uh yeah anyway so now I have this whole other new crew and not only just friends but a pool of creative people to learn from and work with in the future which is have you taken anything back to um see you on the moon specifically like do you have new ways of yeah. approaching your business now um I'm not sure business-wise, I, I animation-wise, definitely. Like I've even I I've just started this week shooting a project for the first time, and I mean it was a shock to be like, where is the staff to set up my lighting? <laughs> anyway, you just back to doing everything yourself is a is a, a funny shock that I didn't anticipate, um, <laughs> but also fun. Uh, but I've, I mean, I can feel and see my patience is way greater and also just my, um, standard for myself Mm. for my level of work. I will take way longer to do a project than I did before working on the show. Does that mean you're going to budget differently for clients now? Yeah. I'm not sure about that. That's a, I, I, I mean, same great price, double the yeah, quality. double the labor. <laughs> no, that's a we definitely have to figure that out because I didn't know that really until starting again. So 
more lessons to learn. I'm, I'm just curious though, sorry. Um, like if you were getting clients and they were happy with your work before, but now you have changed, mm -hmm. do you think that the clients are going to super appreciate your work now or it's still the same value for them or you will be able to get um, more work somehow by increasing the caliber of your animation? Like what's to stop you from going back and doing things the old way if that was kind of the formula for the success you were experiencing? That's a good question. I have been thinking about that this week a lot. Um, I don't think that I could go back. I think once you learn anything and you're, I don't know, I don't want to say like you get addicted to it, but you... I don't know, you become better at something. How do you go back to crawling after walking? Sure. Yes. I don't, it's extremely difficult to do that. Also because yeah. I don't think I, I would enjoy it as much. I like mm. the level of work that I'm doing now and want to be better at it. I don't want to be worse at it. Did you feel this? Did you feel that you could be um, this quality of work before you started the boot camp in Ultra City Smiths? Like, did you feel like you wanted to reach a different level of skill? Yes. I mm. think that uh, we both knew that we were at a plateau and weren't really sure where to go from there. And this is just really was just the most fortunate thing to happen to us ever that we were pushed into this space where we both in each of our, like, I mean, even with for as a company like Jess took we this is the first time we both took different roles like we moved in two very very different directions and she excelled at this one thing and I was getting better at this one thing so we now we have a lot more direction than we did before even just the two of us like before um Jess would shoot sometimes as well and now she realized like this is not the path that she wants to do she wants to do something else and maybe shoot from time to time because yeah that's probably like really valuable to have somebody focusing on two different, two people focusing on two different areas of the business to like really work it out. Uh, Nicole, I don't want to like overshadow you. You know, you, you saw us working every day too in the studio is that, you know, like from your perspective, like what, what do you want to ask Kyla or just in general? Yeah, no, I mean, like, honestly, I'm just enjoying sitting here and listening to this whole thing. I don't feel like I'm being overshadowed in any way, but I mean, like, the questions that I had sort of prepared in advance are kind of breaking up the flow of everything that you guys are, are talking about. You can't hear me? Yeah, speak up. <laughs> Good Lord. My MacBook is very old and it was refurbished <laughs> when I purchased it. So I'm looking at myself. I'm just a head, my God. Um, but a beautiful head. Yeah. Just a great right. head. <laughs> I wasn't fishing, but thank you so much for saying <laughs> I mean, I don't know. As someone who's not, too well versed in the stop motion world I guess my questions are a bit more about like like I'm wondering when you're doing like your own projects versus something like Ultra City like do you still feel like you're able to put some of yourself into it even mm. though you're taking somebody else's vision and kind of running with that mm. if that makes any sense you mean on Ultra City because there's like somebody else's vision. Right. Yeah, like someone's like, here, please do this for me versus you going, I have my own idea and I'm executing it all myself. Like that's very much a you thing versus yeah. hearing someone else say, this is what I want. Like 
does the process kind of change for you at all? Do you feel like you have to remove yourself a bit from it or? I think so. I think that, I mean, it's layered because uh, you're sort of acting the puppets in a way. So it's in that, in that way, it was, it is kind of still up to you to have a bit of, put your personality into it on a show, even if somebody's directing you to do something. Right. Um, but it's completely different. Yeah. Like the create the, all the pre-production work and the ideas and all that, that none of that is yours, but I had never worked on a show before. So that did not, I know this wasn't the question, but that didn't bother me at all. I was right. extremely happy to have somebody else directing me and telling me, I don't know. It was just a whole, it was a whole different, and ex- I don't know. It's <laughs> so you know, just like I ask a question and then everyone just kind of goes, huh? Okay. No, they're good questions. <laughs> but that makes, questions. no, it makes total sense because you're doing something totally different. It's not like, you know, it sounds like in your mind, not one is preferable to the other. Like, could you yeah. jump on another production right away and say like, screw you see you on the moon see you on the moon i'm going back to ultra cities season two or whatever production you know like do you have a like i don't know it's just different what i guess that's mm-hmm. i don't know what i'm saying anymore yeah i know they're, they're very different is there a preference like if you were given the choice in like a perfect world or whatever would you prefer to take somebody else's vision and kind of run with that or would you rather have something that's totally your own as something that you did on a regular basis? Mm. I think having, I mean, I don't know if this is sustainable long-term, but having both is really great. Like mm. having the opportunity to work at See You on the Moon and then hop onto a show. And then during the downtime of production, you hop back to this and do, I mean, I can see the benefit in having, hopefully just holding on to both for yeah. a while. I think you're in a really good place because like for me, like, well, I'm working on something very small right now, but like between contracts, like I got to find my own stuff. I don't have a concurrent thing that I can like jump on and be like, okay, business as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really good to have that flexibility to say like, I can dial up my business or dial it down when I need to and jump on professionally driven gigs as they come up. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a bit risky because you also don't want to, um, I don't know, we don't want to anger any of the, yeah. or disappoint any of the clients that we love and we've been working with for so long and be like, we're not available for the next three months. So, I mean, at t- yeah, we just, uh, yeah, hmm, that, my first thought was like, challenge. why not hire some, like if that happens, take on the client work anyways, and then have some contacts, you know, that, that are like you trust to do the work, I guess. So you are for kind sure. of um keeping that absolutely Absolutely. we've I mean and now we have such a a plethora of people to to work with which is now we have these um contacts which we didn't have before which is a a huge part of like what the show gave us it was like like enormous my sorry here I'm like (laughs) jumping in to tell you about me jump away please (laughs) I've been running this podcast for like three years and I've made a lot of connections from it but I haven't made any as many connections as like the first week of working at an actual production where you like instantly meet like in your close vicinity like 45 people that are all in the industry and have experience and expertise in various areas and then you're like friends and know each other like it's 
it's so easy to just mm -hmm. suddenly know everybody and everybody's got their own gigs on the side. Everybody's like working on their own stuff. Like you just suddenly know about everything that's happening when you're part of and a big team. I think it's also uh, being around people. It's the, mm -hmm. it's the energy you feel that being next to a person is really different than, I don't know, than like I was saying, like emailing, making actual building real relationships through the internet <laughs> i don't know I mean, maybe it's you not can different. Make friends through email you can you can <laughs> <laughs> i remember starting working on the show at one of the one of the big things for me was like it was just jess and i for so long that uh hearing i mean on breaks or when you're waiting for a shot hearing the other people talk about the difficulties with their other shots or other things that are going on I'm like oh my god these people want to talk about the same thing this thing that I've had no one to talk about like that just <laughs> I've had nobody to right talk about with it was such a funny I don't know we're all funny, talking but about also that. substantial change <laughs> yeah we're all frustrated like hands falling off or like you know broken Any whatever the, yeah, and nobody else can relate to that like no. anywhere like <laughs> Um, yeah, it's pretty special. Did you did you feel um, like you know boot camp really taught you a lot? Did you feel intimidated when you came on to the show? Because like I did, because there's some seasoned animators that came on, like people that have been around since like cup of coffee days, like worked there, and like um, that came on just you know running with their shots. And here I'm like I've never done a perfect <laughs> walk cycle before. <laughs> now I have to shoot five walk cycles <laughs> over the next three weeks, like. Did you feel yeah. intimidated at the beginning? For sure. I mean, for so many reasons. For one, it was, I mean, I was nervous about COVID and yeah. <laughs> people because yeah. I had been isolated for so long. So that was a change. But I think I adjusted to that very quickly and it was, that was, that was an easy one to get over. But, uh, so do you think if you would come on and if another production like called you up, you would, how would, how would you feel confidence level going in? Uh, I, I don't know how to, how to measure that, but I would certainly feel more confident, a lot more confident if that's, that's a terrible answer. Um, it's a fine answer. It's a great answer. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for your support. <laughs> um, no, I would, I mean, I'm eager for that, for that to happen. So I feel like even that, even saying that, that I'm excited about that happening means that I'm more confident to do that whereas before yeah I was certainly nervous I've never done anything like this before yeah, why cute. wouldn't I be <laughs> so um what are you working on now these days like you know production on a big show wrapped up it's been a month and a half now and mm -hmm. I'm assuming you're back you know you said client work yes yep um making videos for some of our beloved clients again which is lovely um yeah I think I mean I certainly need to update my reel to include some of the work from the show so hopefully hopefully get on another production that would be great um also in the very beginning stages of mostly just research and development of uh potentially a class for um people with teaching stop motion to people with autism. Oh. We, uh, 
Yeah, we had um, actually during the show, we had e a couple emails from well, two separate people. One was a mom who had a kid. Her son was really interested in or really liked stop motion for a variety of reasons. She gave me a, I mean, it makes, made a lot of sense after she explained it. It's like a solitary activity. You can um, control the lighting, the sound. It can be, it can kind of, the material you use, it was uh, just, I guess, really conducive to what he was comfortable with. Um, and another person emailed as well. So I guess just started- Wait, two separate that. emails. Yeah, like which was which was wild. But I mean, on uh, this happens all the time. Like this is what I mean by, uh, I don't know what it is. If it's, it's the universe, but uh, we get all of our jobs all at one time. And if uh, somebody contacts us about one thing, it seems that that just, wow. I don't know why. It, well, you have an, you have like an online presence, like you're on social media, you have a website. And when you type in like stop motion Toronto, like, well, I haven't done that right now, but I'm assuming you come up. Right. So like yes, yeah. if people are searching, they're bound to find you. Absolutely. We just, we thought it was uh, interesting that there was um, more than. Yeah. More than so you're going to, you're going to create a stop motion class for um, ch children with autism. Yeah, that's uh, it's, I mean, just in the, very beginning stages in the works wow. of just more like researching to see if this is something that would be um, beneficial, helpful, or if this is even something that people want. But yeah, it's getting uh, working with a small crew of a variety of, I don't know, it, people with all different interests that are, um, or specialties, I guess, like a teacher, somebody who a big picture thinker, and this is vague and I shouldn't get into who these people are but, um, really it's just exciting like, a lot of people who are interested really essentially that's what it comes down yeah. to interested in putting this together and um this mom who's very excited for her son and her son's friends to become a part of this class that could be I mean who knows who knows what it'll become I'm very excited about it because it's not only I mean it's something different it's something uh I've never been part of a class before or facilitating a class I don't know if I would teach the class but it just being a part of it or putting it together and um something that could potentially help people and that's not advertising would be a, not to not to yeah <laughs> I'm excited about this too and I'm I'm curious to see where it goes and I you know I hope it works out for you I'm wondering you know like you've mentioned values and advertising and and a couple things concurrently is there a is there like, um, like, is there a path that you're heading to in your life and in, in what you want to do with your career specifically? Like you've chosen something very creative, very tough to do that. And, you know, you've mentioned your value system a bunch, like what is, what is Kyla striving towards with her self and, and how is it tied to the career she's creating? This is getting deep. <laughs> yeah, <big time. laughs> Um, hmm. I mean, I suppose not always achievable or if it's, uh, I don't know. I love for the financial aspect to not always be the driving force behind the yeah. choices that I make. Um, what would cause you to reach that? I don't know. Um, I guess, I mean, 
personal lifestyle choices that helps a lot if you are a, you live sim, more simply then you can I don't know it's Mary rich yes that too yeah I'm marry a really old rich guy That's and then awesome. kill him with a wooden mallard like yeah. <laughs> and a Nicole how far it's wait now it's come around to murder <laughs> <laughs> it always comes back to me. but I think what you just said is a feeling that I strongly feel as well I would love to do things without a financial uh not even just incentive but consideration because like you know you want to take on projects that can feed you but also that you are inspired to have but then like like I don't know in order to like Imagine you are the best stop motion animator in the country. You get the top jobs. Like, would you be charging an arm and a leg for your services? Or would you still like want to be taking on, you know, projects that you feel line up with your value system and inspire you? Like, for instance, like teaching, like this teaching thing, because then like, I don't know how to reach a state of like, I am doing things for what I love, but I I am also financially driven because it's like, so tough it is tough it i mean it's a balance that i don't yet think i've met so sometimes also, you got to take those big advertising out. agency jobs sure. to it's fuel the smaller ones and is it a very fortunate position to be like i don't have to do that anymore like it's a you know it's i don't know it's a complicated question to answer but aren't they all? That's fine. Um, I mean, we're all on journeys to figure this out. Okay. I just think it's really cool that you have this studio. On, like, <laughs> and some, I also think it's extremely rare and valuable to find somebody like you and Jess who like click together and can run a business in this such a niche industry together and like you're fueled to do it. Like that's so rare <laughs> to find like two really passionate people that get along so well. Like that's so valuable and rare. And I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Nicole, do you have any any (laughs) pressing matters? (laughs) I'll I'll lean in very close. (laughs) Is this, am I audible? Yes, yes. Yes. Okay, cool. I mean, read that, like, how far ahead do you find yourself projecting into the future? Like, I know what the nature of this industry and the entertainment industry in general, like, I know when I went to school, I shouldn't make this about myself, but just as an example. Okay. <laughs> now that you've asked, <laughs> any anytime someone would come in to be like, hi, I do this thing for a living. And one of us would be like, well, how did you get there? There was always a completely different answer. So like, in a sense, of course, it makes sense to think, yeah, where do I want to be five years from now or 10 years from now or whatever X number of years. But at the same time, you don't know who you're going to meet tomorrow or on whatever project. And that could propel you in a completely different and unexpected direction. So Mm -hmm. do you resist having too much of a plan? Because... Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's like I resist having a too much of a plan in all aspects of my life. So, but I mean, it's in the in this this circum specific circumstance. It's a not having a particular plan has been so beneficial. It's opened. I mean, the wacky journey of all of this has. 
I don't know, it's not something I would ever have imagined happening before. And right. I think that's essentially like the base of what I don't, I want to be five years from now being like, I could never have imagined this happening before when we were talking right, right now. <laughs> you feel like that now, like five years ago, if you were to travel back to five years ago, Kyla, and to be like, hey, listen, we've done all this stuff now. Would that version of you be like, oh, whoa, I had no idea that would happen. I think so. I, I mean, because it began as this weird hobby that we were teaching ourselves from nothing. <laughs> from potatoes. Yeah, from <laughs> potatoes, from a half potato. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I hadn't, yeah, had never anticipated getting an actual, getting a job on a production for this. So yes, absolutely. There's no chance that I would have thought that this would become a, real um, choice for me on that note like I was thinking about you know like everybody's supposed to come up with a five-year plan and it's like an interview question whatever and nobody's actual five-year spans out like that and you said you don't like to plan but so what is like the system or like the value system you're relying on that got you here in the first place like you've been open to opportunities you've wanted to learn but you're also really sticking to developing this business and like cold calling a million clients to get one to do something with you is like a lot of work too. So it's not like, oh, you know, I just happened to accidentally email 20 people today. Like yeah. you're clearly driven towards something and like, what, what is that that's driving you? I don't know if this is a great answer, but I've never had a business before. So I've had so much to learn. I've never, I had I mean, I'm still learning, still definitely learning stop motion and eager to learn more. So I think that that's the driving force. So, but why have you chosen a creative career path and why stop motion? Like, why not? I mean, I always wanted to have a creative career path. Um, my mom was an artist, a visual artist. And mm. ever since I was little, I was drawing and painting and dressing up and putting on plays for whoever would watch. And uh, I don't know, just doing, I think I've never, I, I couldn't see myself doing something that wasn't. Can I make an observation? Correct me if I'm wrong. Your mother is an artist and your father owns a business. And it <laughs> sounds like you're doing both together now. That's <laughs> true. That's very true. Um, I'm actually personality-wise, I think a fairly good good blend between between the two of them as well. Um, but I'm not going to reveal what sibling <laughs> I am, which <laughs> that would mean. Exactly. <laughs> so then we'll talk about pants, and we'll talk about <laughs> like, lineup we are in. Mm -hmm. I was wondering too, like obviously it's rewarding work. There's no question there, but it's really tough. And like in writing, people will say, I don't like to write. I love having written. Is there some of that that applies to animating? Like I don't like animating. I love having animated or mm -hmm. like, cause some of it's quite, it's grueling. It's time consuming. Your back hurts. There's, you know, a lot of yes. physical pain involved as well as I'm sure like psychological pain. Like how do you remind yourself, hey, I love this. Or do you even need to? Hmm. I mean, yeah, that's a 
I think it is a bit of the written, it's the playback. It's when you, I mean, not entirely. I do like the process of it, but when you watch something that you've made it, I mean, it's like parents who are like, I had a baby and it was the worst experience. Giving birth is the worst experience ever, but then you have the baby. This is a terrible analogy. Um, I love birthing. I love having a baby. <laughs> as mother's um, I just, I think it makes you uh, forget quickly is really the point I was making. Yeah, okay. the, pain, yeah. the pain of the process fades pretty quickly once you've, um, you're watching what you've made. Cause it's, Every single time. It's like this crazy magical thing that you're watching that is adorable and really, uh, I don't know, childlike in some way, even if the content that you're making isn't your favorite, whatever it is. It's just like, you've made this weird nothing move around <laughs> magically on its own. That's, I don't know, it's this odd little special thing to connect you with your childhood fantasies I don't know how to say that properly but um do you feel like you are connecting with the like a childhood part of yourself every time you animate yeah I think so it's an odd combination of uh it's like a weird dressing up and you're using this little puppet (laughs) Yeah, like end, but like outside of your head and sort of outside of your body but you're like mm-hmm. yeah and and there's a pretty uh it's a tedious process but it's like oddly a quick payoff like even if you I don't know you need a ton of patience and I think it's developed my patience quite a bit which is something but uh it um I don't know, you watch back even a couple of frames of something you've shot and you can foresee where it is going to go or it right. gets you excited enough to carry on. Mm-hmm. So it's like a rewarding process during the process as well as seeing it at the end. So it's both the writing and the written, I guess I'm contradicting what I said before. <laughs> I don't know, it makes sense. Do you have, I don't know if I should ask this, what a great way to open a question, but like, do you have any kind of nightmare stories that you can share where things just went horribly wrong? Or even earlier when you're talking about the business aspect of stuff and you're like, we got burned and then we learned like, yeah, yeah. You get burned and then what did you do? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think we've always, I think it's a huge lesson in trusting your gut because every time we have a bad experience, we knew it before. We always were like, I don't know if this project is going to go well or get a funny vibe from this person. Um, but carry on anyway, because I don't know, you never know. Some people just aren't warm at the beginning or in, who knows. Hmm. Sometimes the people that you think are not going to be great end up being great. So um, sure. it, uh, yeah, but occasionally we had one that canceled the project on the day of we were all prepped and ready to shoot and the project got canceled and they wanted to make it because we were small they wanted to take advantage of us and say like okay we're canceling it that's all no repercussions on their end as far as paying the bill so um very rude but we didn't have any um fine print in any of our documents to (laughs) prevent that from happening. Mm -hmm. So that was a huge one that we're like, okay, now we need to write that. I don't know, after a certain 
You can probably hear my neighbor's dog now. Yes. Time. Uh, Hello, dog. After certain stages in the project, you need to be able to bill a certain amount. This is. Like what? What do you mean? Like uh, stages, like time or like. No, process stages. So say after a story, we make sure every single time now that our storyboards are approved, like signed off approved after that stage, a certain percentage of the subtotal is due. And we take a deposit in the beginning now, which was also a huge lesson that we learned that we should do. Um, And that's just for canceling. I mean, we don't, ask people for money as the project goes on. We do at the very beginning just to like secure our time and maybe buy materials or rent, like rent some equipment, whatever we need. Um, Find that if like a client is like not cool with a deposit and stuff, that's like a big red flag and you're like, okay, cool, let's not work together. Yeah, we've come across a few things like that. Like if, I don't know if anybody hasn't been okay with a deposit, but um, some haven't been okay with us sharing the work which is value to us for getting new jobs and just growing oh. our portfolio. And we haven't really known how to deal with that situation as far as like, okay, so we should charge more because we want to do this job, but we won't be able to show people that we did this work, which yeah. is generally a middleman. Like if somebody's working with a, if we're not working with the business, somebody else is working with the business, they don't want, how do you even, like, if you're going to charge more, how do you just pull a number out of your ass, I guess? So you're like, okay, now that's uh, $517 more. <laughs> or like, do you have a markup that you're, like, how do you even become comfortable with these numbers? Uh, we are still learning these, <laughs> that answer. Um, yeah, it, for so long, it was just the numbers out of the butts and seeing what would stick and what would not seeing who would who would say yes and who would say no and then we learn from those amounts um that's such a challenge and we are not by nature or by (laughs) we're not business people by uh we didn't go to school for business either so all of these things are um difficult for us the pricing has been a huge challenge for us from the beginning and is remains a challenge yeah i feel like that's the biggest one for most small studios like there's even for big studios or established studios have been around for a long time because you never know what's on the client end you don't know their budget you want to get the job like yeah you know if you really want the job because you think it's really creative you might be willing to take a lower price or if it's boring work you want to hire for like I don't know like people have even contacted me and they're like hey would you be willing to do this thing for this amount and I'm like no way sorry or like I've or they've been like how much do you charge for this I'm like here's how much I would honestly charge for my time and they're like oh no thanks but (laughs) sometimes they're like oh great so it's like do I do I undervalue my time and money just to work on something or do I try to stick to my guns and only take projects that will value who I am and what I can create? And hopefully that leads to more of the same stuff. For sure. And also just knowing what, how you value yourself, like knowing that answer is a. Totally. And stop motion is so weird because you can spend like, I don't know if you've come across this, but like you can spend 10 hours on a project or a thousand hours on the same project, depending on the 
the level of like skill you want to put into it or like you know you could create backgrounds or have no backgrounds like it's art right so it's like yeah uh, it's it can go anywhere <laughs> and it can go uh, something you think is going to be extremely simple it can go horribly wrong but you won't know until you are yeah. shooting it what the what the issues are going to be so yeah. yeah i don't i don't ha i don't have the answer for that one or a good one anyway i would love to i would love some advice for for the well, pricing part uh, listen to the next episode of this podcast where i'll find somebody to give you some advice okay <laughs> <laughs> um are there any topics that or questions you want us to ask you about from your experience or where you're heading that we haven't uh, brought up yet um, like nicole's dying to ask about pants i was just gonna say <laughs> i am really wanting to get to the pants <laughs> be fine if you have a pants <laughs> thing you want to say that's totally okay <laughs> on a scale of um forks to chips how do you feel about pants nicole Oh, oh, definitely hard, hard chips all the way. Wonderful. Uh, definitely, definitely a chip, chip <laughs> pants man, uh, for sure. I don't know if anybody would answer, who would feel forks about pants? I mean, I mean, who's to say? Not to judge anyone who would feel forks about pants. I don't know, my first thought was forks, but now I'm reconsidering because of the social pressure That's, going on right sure, now. Sure, sure. You should. Is there Divisive. a reason we're talking Divisive about pants <laughs> specifically? <laughs> Nicole? <laughs> is it time, Jerry, to talk about your pants? Sure, it's time to talk about the pants. The real, the real. The real reason we're here. This whole podcast. Yeah, for the pants, whole pants o'clock. I've come here today for sure. It's just, this has been so built up, but really it's just that Terry has lent me a pair of his pants that I've been wearing around for a while. And actually, I didn't tell this to you guys earlier, but so I'm assuming most of the people are listening. You mentioned that not actually watching this, but I was out and about today wearing this sweater for people who can't see. It's very loud and it's very colorful and it's, I don't know, it's maybe you would call it ridiculous looking. I love it. And it, typically when I wear it, people are like, hey, you know, that's a great sweater. Like not to, you know, but that's what they say. So Terry, I was wearing your pants and then I was also wearing this sweater. I went out to vote and then I did some errands, whatever, who cares? And this random gentleman uh, approached me and was like, hey, that that's a great sweater. And I was like, well, uh, thank you. Thank you, sir, for saying that. And then I just assumed that we were both going to go on with our days. And then he, I can swear, right? Because I want to yeah, quote swear, him. swear. <laughs> but he was like, you know, actually, I love your whole outfit, like the pants, uh, your sandals, <laughs> everything. He was like, it just seems like you don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> And then I was like, is this a neg? Like, I don't know. Like, are we falling in love? I'm not really sure. Anyway, I just don't think that that exchange would have happened were it not for your pants. Oh, thank you. They're just like um, generic blue sweatpants that was in my <laughs> closet for like 10 years. Can, can, <laughs> they don't can even I, fit me very well. I haven't seen the pants yet. Can well, I, okay. It's very dark in my hole of an apartment. But yeah, like there's <laughs> neg. Yeah, that's tough to see. They look like bell bottoms. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, yeah. I'm like, what, 6'4", and you're like, how tall I'm, are you? I'm 
five two and a half. So oh, you can imagine yeah. they're baggy on. <laughs> I do have to roll them up at the bottom, but I also do. I'm going to the East Coast at the end of the week, and with your permission, I would love to take your pants to the East Coast because they want it. They've been telling they want to see the ocean. They want to just kind of like travel. They should. A bit. They should be in the ocean oh. for, for a second. Yeah, let them up some salt water. <laughs> Yeah, could I do that? Yeah, 100%. And it, it, like, send me pictures of these pants. Yeah, th- there's like a movie, The Sister of the Traveling Pants. Well, this is That's just right. Terry's traveling pants, you know? Yeah, I just think it would be even funnier too if I wasn't wearing the pants and it was just like, I just threw the pants in the ocean for a brief period, took a picture, took your pants out to a restaurant, gave it their own seat. Like, I mean, you can also just let them float can. away. Like, maybe they'll come into contact with like a blue rail or something. If they come cool. back, then they're Terry. And they're yours. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm, just, it's it. yeah. I'm like vacationing in in like Mexico on the on this <laughs> resort, and these, my pants just uh, float up. Oh my god, they float onto you like Terrence from the show. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> wow, uh, there's a there's a scene in the show we just animated where pants float down onto one of the characters because he doesn't have pants. But this can happen. Wow. But the character's I'm, I'm... name is Terry Terrence. Yes. That's a, that's a crucial part of the story. Yes. <laughs> also, I'm the one who animated him saying his name is Terry Terrence. Nice. Terrence Terry, sorry. Terry, Terrence? no, it's Terry Terrence. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. His middle name is Terrence. And it was just <laughs> coincidence, just happened to be me. And I was like, he. Awesome. <laughs> Terry. <laughs> Wow, I'm so glad that this uh, whoever's whoever's left listening to this podcast at this point. Yeah, if you've hung on till this point, like congratulations for the pants chat, the Terrence Terry Terry Terrence. Also, we need your sibling reveal. Is now the time? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Trying to know. So, Kyla, where are you? The youngest? Are you the middle? Are you the oldest? I'm the youngest. Whoa. I'm the middle. And obviously I'm the oldest then. And we're all unrelated. (laughs) Yeah, we're not all family. But we could trick you. In a sense, I feel sort of kin to you guys after doing this podcast. But no, we we share no blood. Who knows? (laughs) pants, but no. Who knows where these bloodlines lead? Oh yeah, that's true. Well, Uh, no, it's not. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm getting a feeling maybe we can wrap things up. (laughs) Like, I mean, if we did like ancestry.com or something, maybe if we, you know, gave our blood to the government and all that. Shit, yes, this maybe. is, that's what, this is where I was leading. Should we d- dive into a new podcast about blood? Yes. Yeah. Specifically with, yeah, just for us, where we go on a journey to discover our true heritages and how can they're it be called. Can it be called blood question mark? It's just for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't see why not. Yeah. I'm a positive, so just for all <laughs> if you ever need any blood. So am I! Well, great. Now no. we can all do transfusions as well. <laughs> you know. Yeah, blood it's just for us is pretty anti-transfusion. Let's not be called that. <laughs> yeah, so true. Well, whatever. We'll work on the title. This is, yeah, it's a placeholder. Mm-hmm. All right. Is there any, are there any other topics or questions <laughs> that uh, you guys think would be valuable for our listeners to hear? <laughs> I think that it's valuable for our listeners to know that you're a wonderful Terry. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh Thank, you. It's so true. Thank you so much. 
I'm, you know what, being part of this production has introduced me to so many new friends like you guys that I'm just so happy that I was part of it. Like, and we still hang out, which is what up? We're like going to the beach with a hundred percent chance of rain in two days. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see if that works. Good idea. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, thank you so much for sharing, you know, your journey and, and for letting us grill you about how you feel about things and what you learned and all the cool things that you've done, which I think is amazing. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, Yay. Uh, and thank you, Nicole, for also helping me host. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. And if you're listening and you want to reach out or get in touch with, or that's the same thing, or follow <laughs> Kyla, you can do so by looking her up on Instagram under see you on the moon. And I'll include that link in the description of this video. And that's all for now. So thank you so much for listening. Okay, bye. <laughs>